Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The first documentary to explore the role of photography in shaping the identity, aspiration, and social emergence of the African Americans from slavery to the present. Through a lens darkly, black photographers and the emergence of a people probes the recesses of American history by discovering images that have been suppressed, forgotten, and lost, bringing to light the hidden and unknown photos shot by professionals and vernacular African-American photographers. The film opens a window into the lives, experience, and perceptions of black families that is absent from traditional historical canon. We're joined today by the writer and producer Don Perry, and by the director and writer and producer, Thomas Allen Harris. The film is Through a Lens Darkly, Black Photographers and the Emergence of a People. Gentlemen, welcome to Film School. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Well, let, let's start at the beginning, uh, and uh, Thomas, I'll ask you um, sort of where the idea were, uh, for Through a Lens Darkly came from. Well, um uh, I've been friends with um, the scholar and artist uh, Deborah Willis, uh, Dr. Deborah Willis, who wrote the groundbreaking book, uh, Reflections in Black, Black Photographers from 1840 to the Present, for a number of years. And she had been following my films, um, and uh, she approached me uh, about uh, 10, 11 years now about turning uh, her book into a film or creating a film that's inspired by the book Reflections in Black. And so I began in about 2003 or so trying to figure out how to turn, you know, this really amazing book that catalogs the contribution of African Americans to the field of photography from the invention of photography to the to the present day, and I I'm one of the photographers featured in the book along with my uh, brother uh, Lyle Ashton Harris, mm-hmm. and so we worked you know for a number of years with a variety of different people um, developing the project, uh, tr- you know, trying to figure out how to create a movie out of this amazing um, uh, research, and um, and you know it went through a number of different iterations. And ultimately, um, it, it, it actually combines three different things. Uh, it, it combines the history of uh, African-American contribution to photography, it, the, my own uh, kind of relationship to photography through uh, my family, and both in terms of the family members who are photographers, I, as well as the archives that I've inherited and that the family has um, produced and maintained. And then also um, uh, how contemporary artists use history in their work Mm -hmm. um, and somehow impact history uh, for the present day. Uh, Don Perry, you're the producer and writer on on Through Lens Darkly. How did you come into the project? Well, Thomas and I have been working on uh, some of these narrative docs uh, for some time. This is our third feature-length doc that we've worked on together. We've done some shorter projects, and uh, I, I came into the process somewhat advanced in the sense that Thomas had, had, had taken the inspiration from Deb's book and had begun 
interviewing some of the 52 scholars and uh, uh, photographers uh, from the book uh, and people who are quite active in the field. Uh, and, and I came in after we had all of that footage and now it was, uh, you know, how do we turn this into a compelling film? Mm -hmm. I want to talk briefly, because you've referred to the book, uh, uh, Deborah Willis's book, uh, just sort of her impact uh, in, you know, obviously it had tremendous impact on your, your life, your, as a photographer, your work as a photographer. Tell us a little bit about her influence within um, the, the world of photography. Well, you know, I, I mean, Deborah Willis almost single-handedly shaped this uh, field of black photographic history um, and really foregrounded it, uh, as she says in the film, uh, when she was studying uh, photography as a young, young, younger person, she was made to find that in the history of photography books, the American history of photography books, not one single African-American photographer was listed. And and so she started doing this research, and she was at the Schomburg for a, a period of time, the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture. She found hundreds of black photographers, you know, who are you know made amazing contributions to the field. One photographer, Jules Leon, brought the uh, photography through the daguerreotype process to the city of New Orleans in first studio. Uh, other photographers, award-winning photographers. And but you know because of segregation and because you know there was a blind eye to you know, the contributions of African Americans in this country, um, there they had been underappreciated and there was very little written about them. So she you know, really galvanized this movement to understand their contributions and uh, and really creating a connection between them and the present day. And, and, and I think one of the interesting things about the book is that it not only talks about it from the perspective of photographic images, but it also looks at the the contributions of these black photographers as innovators in the technology of photography. Mm -hmm. uh, it started out from daguerreotypes, moving into tintypes, and then moving on into other processes, and you know, the, the different ways of handling the chemicals and the emulsions and, and the exposures. Uh, in very many respects, black photographers are right there advancing the whole art and, and the technical aspect of what photographs could do and what they what they were about. Now, I'm not an expert on the in the world of photography. The 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 type of photography I think you probably already said it, where it looks like you're it's very reflective material you're looking at, but you're seeing the image. What is that called? It's uh, daguerreotype. That's what you're referring to. Okay, so for people, Mr. Louis Daguerre, who uh, invented uh, the process in France. Okay. In the late 1830s. Okay. Beautiful work. Um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about going back to the very beginnings of photography in the United States and how it sort of historically sort of coincided with the end of the Civil War uh, reconstruction and then, of course, the, re the uh, reactive, regressive history of the South and, and throughout the country, really, in many ways. But uh, and how that impacted... The... If I could stop you right there. Yeah. It wasn't that it came after the Civil War. It was there before. Okay. Uh... Well, and it's important to understand it in, in that context, the fact that photography got started 
in the Americas in the 1840s. Okay. And that it, it became subsumed into all of the social construction of abolitionism, uh, you know, support for slavery, uh, you know, depicting uh, this new American life that was being created. Uh, it, it was there, and it was documenting a very rich world that, but for those images, has really escaped our attention. We had no idea how mixed, how integrated, uh, how how much both you know the the culture was not segregated, if you will, in many respects. Uh, that was the invention that came post Civil War, post Reconstruction. Okay, then to pick up that and run with it, and that is that. And correct me if I'm wrong. Then much of the photography that has survived tends to reflect the most regressive elements of that time. Is that a fair statement to, to make? And that how that impacted the perception that African Americans had about themselves and how the world looked at them. Am, am, I, am I off base well, here? Well, it's not so much where it has survived. Um, you know, I think that certain histories get foregrounded and other histories get suppressed. Okay. So the images that Don and that the film highlights were, are bringing to fore images that were suppressed. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually, over the 10 years of working on this film, you know, with uh, my research team, we were able to get, um, find, you know, somewhere around 15,000 images, mm-hmm. you know, many of which had never been seen in a film before, of African Americans building themselves up, you know, uh, freeing themselves from slavery, um, all these different types of uh, uh, um, tr- uh, trades, families, classes, um, all kinds of different worlds, as Don was alluding to earlier. And uh, these images are the images that 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 only exist, you know, in, in behind closed doors and family in, in, in people's families or hidden away in archives. They would they would, they were not images that we looked to to understand who African Americans were. And because these images were suppressed, you what you had instead was a circulation of stereotypical images that really kind of. Um, continued a certain type of narrative that started in slavery, right. you know, and that w- that was uh, augmented by things like Birth of the Nation, and um, you know where you have this, you know, a- African Americans seen as savages or right. as you know not as intelligent or as buffoons or you know or as uh, immoral or un- uh, you know, not basically uh, you know uh, just just short of human being fully human and certainly not being capable of being citizens. And, 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 that, and, and I'm sorry, just yeah. real, quick, real quick, and I guess that's where I was I was hoping to go in that sense that the film through through a lens darkly brings up brings to the forefront the photography that you're you're describing Thomas that was hidden from from plain in from us and i guess what i was referring to is kind of the historic sort of the cultural perceptions that flourished because of this kind of photography this racist photography that you're describing and so that's 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 where I was, yeah. That's where I was kind of going. I sort of got off the rails yeah, a little no, bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the same page. Exactly. Yeah, but well, I, I think that one of the the most important things about the film is that it illustrates through the photographic record 
the extent to which race, as we've come to understand it, has been and always was an artificial construction. It had a political necessity, a social necessity, a cultural necessity to to enable an absolutely abhorrent set of, of conditions that one group of people imposed on another group of people. Mm. But because of the psychological dissonance that that would have entailed if you acknowledge the basic humanity of these people, yeah. you had to create a fiction that allowed the oppressor to oppress those folks uh, and not lose their mind in the process. Right. You know, that, I think, is what we underscore. Yeah. Race is a construction. And when you look at these images, you see the extent to which we are shared values, shared experiences, human beings, one and all. It's always been my my thought. We have so much more in common than than not in common, and that the, it, it takes a tremendous amount of cultural and political and psychological effort to try to distinguish us from one another. But it's it, but these are these are sort of systems that have been in place for a long time. And, and it's difficult to see see past them often. And again, going back to the strength of, through a lens darkly, uh, black photographers and the emergence of a people, these are the kinds of films and these are the kinds of things that we, when we see them, you know, we, I mean, you, you, you just say, yeah, of course. You know, especially moving as, as black photographers are emerging in the film and, and, and getting the recognition that they deserve it's all about the commonality of our experiences. I want to remind our listeners very quickly that we're speaking with uh, uh, Don Perry, the writer and producer of the, and as well as uh, Thomas Allen Harris, the director, producer, and writer of the film Through a Lens Darkly. Will both of you be in town? Am I correct to say both uh, you will be in town for the at the uh, Playhouse Seven uh, this week? Yeah. Yes, we're both going to be in town and along with a, another, uh, our outreach producer, uh, Greg Warren, will be there, and then uh, several people who are in the film, including Arthe Anthony, one of uh, descendant of one of the uh, really uh, important uh, black women photographers in the film, mm-hmm. who actually was uh, uh, featured in the film and had a studio in New Orleans from approximately 1920 to 1949. And the subject of Arthur Anthony's book. Also, Robin Kelly, a professor at uh, USC, uh, who is in the film and uh, makes a, a tremendous contribution to the film in terms of your know, reading history through images. He's going to be present as well. Now, that is, is are all of you going to be at the the Playhouse Seven, is, or are we talking which which of these? Because uh, yeah. you're also in town. Okay, good. So yeah, Playhouse Seven. Uh, okay, for there's going to be a couple of different um, after after the seven, uh, I believe it's seven seven forty five show or seven twenty seven forty five show. We're going to be doing Q and A's with various people and you know, invite other photographers to be part of it as well. Well, that should be an outstanding panel of people uh, and a very, I'm sure, a very in depth conversation uh, with the with the audience on on this because one of the things about through a lens darkly is it lends itself, it opens itself up to so many different aspects uh, uh, from the film to talk about. And as you, you were describing earlier, sort of the three different uh, elements that have gone into the making of, the, of this film that will definitely provide for a rich and, and an engaging conversation, I'm sure. 
and then, of course, you'll be at the uh, CalArts uh, on Saturday. That's November 15th uh, for a panel a discussion called Talking Cloud, Rememory, Dismemory, and, and New Old Archives. But you had described it differently. That wasn't exactly how you had said it earlier. Is that... That, that. Yeah, well, well the, yeah, it, that, that's exactly, that's the title of it, and uh, the panel I'm doing is called This Isn't About the Future, oh, that's it. Black Digital Culture Now. I'm doing the panel number three, um, at a, I believe it's at around two o'clock. Okay. Um, and so, you know, part of what I'm going to talk about is the transmedia aspect of this, uh, of the film, um, because... You know, I, as I mentioned earlier, this is a fourth film in which I've mined my family archive right. um, to some degree. And, you know, when I, when I was traveling around with the previous films, uh, 12 Disciples of Nelson Mandela, mm -hmm. which was finished in 2005, and A Mina Cara, That's My Face, which was finished in 2001, you know, people all over the world, whether it was Korea or Brazil or, uh, you know, Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, different parts of Africa, South Africa, West Africa, people would say to me, well, I have this tremendous archive and I, I'm trying to figure out what I can do with it besides, you know, having it in boxes under the bed or, you know, in bookshelves or whatever. And so as we were creating, uh, uh, through the creating the narrative, I was also uh, with our team uh, working on uh, the companion project called Digital Diaspora Family Reunion. And initially it was going to be an online site that would allow people to uh, upload their photographs and do a bunch of things. But really quickly, we started getting a lot of uh, traction with regards to touring it as a live event, a live roadshow. And so we started it in 2009 in terms of the roadshow aspect in Atlanta. And, you know, people came to it, you know, with, with not that much advertising, but working with our partners, people came with trunks of images dating back to the 1870s the wow. and the end before. Wow. And so since then, we've been to over 10 different cities with the roadshow. In fact, we, as we, we've actually done almost 20. Almost twenty. Okay, almost twenty cities now. <laughs> and uh, in fact, we just we we did a road show in Atlanta this last month. Uh, Atlanta, where else? In uh, Chicago, Chicago, and New Orleans, <laughs> and uh, and also the mini road show in New York. But we also did a pretty wide road show. And over the course of the last six years, we've collected you know, upwards of eight thousand images. Oh. And if, if not more, and uh, Don is a numbers guy, he, he can correct me. <laughs> but but, but uh, several of those images made their way into the film. Okay. And then and we're in the process of, of turning that that roadshow into a uh, into a film of its own, and also uh, a TV show, kind of like Antiques Roadshow. So that's that's what we're um, we're creating with with all this amazing content. We interviewed upwards of 800 people who are participants in the roadshow all across uh, the United States. Yeah, we've got uh, a lot of video uh, of these encounters that we've had with folks. We, we've been posting to our website the, some of the short shots and, and, and uh, videos, uh, content that we've created, as well as creating this online uh, through Instagram and Twitter, One World, One Family uh, movement. But, YouTube as well. but but I think what drives all of it is 
looking at the images in the film, you have to understand that those were never really meant to be public. Those were initially and, and fundamentally created to share amongst members of a single family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is father going going off to war, or father coming back from the war. Or this is the family that, that you know that I've left behind, or the family that's now come together, uh, or we're celebrating uh, this this event and, and we're commemorating uh, you know our being a family. And I, I would just say that also, you know, when we we are talking about the nuclear family, but we're also talking about the extended family. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of you know in the you know African and African American tradition, there is this idea of the extended you know family. It's not a, it's simply nuclear family, but it's a family of commonality as well. Well, and it's also multi generational, and you mm-hmm. see that in in a number of these photographs, uh, and and what people were sharing with us through digital diaspora. Uh, in resonance with what they had seen in the film through *Lens Darkly*, uh, were their own family archives, and and it's just stunning images, and it just goes to show that there is such a depth and a breadth of of representation that has gone completely under the radar in terms of American popular culture, uh, and that if these images had as much circulation. As the images that people can, you know, from their own their, their own memory, pull out and say, "Oh, well, that's what those folks are about." Uh, it would completely upend and change the way they look at African Americans in this country, uh, and also look at look at who we are in general. I mean, you know, not it's, it's uh, the film is really the the the, uh, the narrative of the film is 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 kind of based in the idea of the family album and who's in the family album, who's out, out of the family album. You know, for instance, uh, you know, if African Americans were left out of the quote unquote American family album, yeah. you know, the fullness of who we are, you know, I would say that within the African American family album, the LGBT folks might be left out or, you know, or people might be self edited out or, you know, or people left the family and their holes there, you know, or people just would disappear, you know. Uh, so, so it's, re- it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, um, it has a certain specificity in terms of the African American experience, but, or the American experience, but it also is this kind of larger meditation. On representation, on um, identity, and on um, grief, hope, and you know what it means to be human. Well, and I'd also like to, to to kind of add that this is a film that has not just a visual language and a visual narrative that that you see, but it also has a narrative in in terms of the the text, the textual narrative uh, that runs from uh, W.B. Du Bois' Souls of Black Folks, James Baldwin, uh, and and a number of his writings, the Negritude Poets. uh, It talks to the way we see one another. Uh, I mean, the title of the film coming from Corinthians in in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do we see God? How do we see reflections of ourselves? As reflections of God, uh, it's a it is a very meditative film on a number of different levels, and people come back to it over and over again to to kind of see the things that they missed the first time, or to see new nuances that that they may have overlooked uh, in, in a previous showing. Uh, but it, it's a film that tries to reintegrate us as a as a whole, as a unity, as a nation. 
because as, as Baldwin says, we're all kissing cousins, uh, and our families and our, our histories are so intertwined that a dead end in terms of, of, of an ancestral search on a, 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 a white family might actually lead them to a black family, some member of that family who had been passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dead end from a black family because they can't find a relative could lead to a white family on the other side of that line because that person passed. I mean, that's how integrated we really are. And to your point, you know, the film, Through a Lens Darkly, Black Photographers and the Emergence of a People, it does in fact, uh, the, the, the arc of that story that you're describing, you know, going back, and while this is a film that certainly uh, shines a light on some of the worst aspects of American society over uh, many decades, uh, as it progresses along that storyline, becomes more and more about um, this the uh, the positive, uh, and as you're describing it, the more about how we're more alike than we're than we're not, and that that story, that even though it was hidden for for many years, uh, is is a very familiar one uh, about family and the struggles and the, the happiness and the joy of being together and all of it, and also the emergence of artists uh, who uh, have something to say that it's important things to say about all of us, the human condition, and everything else that goes with that. So um, this film does, in fact, follow a beautiful arc in that regard, uh, and, and, at, and it merges those, those stories, the history, our history as a nation, and the personal history, and, and the emergence of, uh, and, and recognition of many artists who, who have been, uh, who have not received their due. So it, it, it's beautifully done. I, I'm, uh, uh, congratulations on all of it. Yeah, uh, there's there was a passage in the film. Uh, it was uh, near the um towards the end. Uh, it was a photographer of a young girl, and the passage had something to do. It's three lines. She asked me to tell a story. That you know what I'm talking about. It was a photograph, and below it were three lines about. Oh yes, it's a it's a Lorna Simpson image. Yes, and they asked her to tell them what happened. I I I I can't I can't, I can't put it uh, but, verbatim, but yeah. but they uh, only to discount her memory. Yeah, they yeah. asked me to tell them what happened. I told them what happened, and only to be discounted my story yeah. to be discounted. It's that's the general outline of it, and it's a beautiful image. And it for me, that's so much of what the film is trying to say to us. It was a very impactful part of the film for me, and I, I yeah, got... Amazing. I mean, that, it's, a, it's a body of work from Lorna Simpson, uh, the wonderful artist Lorna Simpson, uh, and a friend, and she it's from the Water Bearer series, I believe. There you or, go. Or Water Bearer. And, you know, it's a, it's a woman whose back is to us, so yes. we don't have her identity you know, she was as one of the kind of work she was doing at that particular point in time. And uh, she, in one hand, I think she has like a, a beautiful vessel that's pouring water. In the other hand, it's just like a, a kind of a old carton of uh, like a plastic carton. Yes. You know, but the water is right. the same. It's very poetic. And, you know, and I have to say that it was, you know, it was really important for me. I know we're making Don and I right now making some strong statements, but it was really important the film be a poetic film yeah. and to use the images as text 
So we pared down a lot of the talking in the film, and, you know, it wasn't about explaining uh, as much as evoking. And um, and so that, you know, it was really great that you, you know, referenced that so, so that we could actually talk about that because, you know, it really is in some ways much more of a meditation uh, on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you know, it's also a call to action, you know, because we have things like Ferguson and Mike Brown and, yeah. you know, this constant, you know, murder and policing of, of, of black men. You know, at, at, at one point I, I was not in the film as much, but two of my funders asked me, articulate within the context of this narrative, what is at risk for me to make this film? And, um, and so that's when, you know, I kind of jumped in with both feet and really brought the poetry out in the film, you know, with, with, with Don's help, you know, on many different levels, you know, on the textual level, you know, on the, the, the imagistic level, which was already there. We were working with amazing uh, editor Kim Milley, who helped us define the, the visual grammar of the film, as well as our uh, when Kim left, our, our um, junior editor, who then stepped up and became the editor, Matthew Cohn. Mm-hmm. And um, and really, it's, 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 a, it's another way of thinking about uh, using images in film, but also reading images. Well, and it's because, you know, you have to see, right? Yeah. You're looking at images. You, you have to see them. But the question that the film asks is, what do you see? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, images come at us uh, with such speed these days that uh, it, it's almost like uh, we, we, we breathe them in, and, and we may not necessarily be conscious of, of all that's in that image. And so... Part of what we've done or tried to do in the film is to get the audience, get the viewer to take a step back and really look, really see and understand what is it to see an image? What is it to look at this image? What is, what is it that I'm, you know, that I'm focusing on? Um, because it really is an issue, you know, if you take it in the meta sense, uh, it's how do we see the world around us? Yeah. And the way in which, the, just the, the, the example that you raised, the ways in which we can be oblivious to what's right in front of our eyes, yeah. the way we can discount things because of certain uh, shortcuts, uh, of certain uh, uh, certain ways that we've been trained to overlook particular details because of who or what or where they come from. And and isn't that the beauty of film um, and the strength of film? One of the great things about films and documentaries in particular is to provide us with that context. I think that's what you're describing, to step back and look at something and understand uh, a context for, for those images or for that story, whatever it might be, uh, as opposed to, as you were describing, a, a, a sort of a a way of we're being bombarded constantly with images all the time, every day, all day long, and and yet they have no context. It's usually a very fleeting moment that is intended to give you a to most more often than not to get you to buy something. But uh, so this, but in a film like through like through lens darkly, uh, it is it is that rich sort of history, context, relationships, and the, and the, and all that go along with that. Well, and, and the one image where, for me, it really comes home is you know, the image of Gordon 
um, in, in the teaching of the Civil War and slavery in history books today, there, you know, it, it's been so scaled back in terms of the detail that, that, that people are given that, if anything, there will be one iconic image that everyone will be familiar with, and it's the image of the slave with the scarred back. The, the, the real story, though, I mean, we, we're, we're used to seeing that image, and you know, the immediate the thing that we're supposed to see is, oh, the horrible thing that was done under slavery, and oh, this poor victim of, of this horrible system. But the truth of the image, in its own context, is completely different. What you find is that Gordon is a hero, that he's been called a typical Negro who is heroic, uh, a person who escaped from slavery proactively, uh, who left bondage, who went to the North, who became a, a Civil War soldier, who went back to the South to liberate more of his friends. He was captured. He was severely beaten. He escaped again, and he came back and, and, and fought against his, his captors and emerged a hero. Mm -hmm. Mm. When we showed this to Sam Pollard in one of its early cuts, um, you know, Sam said that, you know, he, I, I've used that image in so many documentaries, but this is the first time I'm seeing this image for the way it was really meant to be. Mm. I will never use that image again that way. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that we hope people walk away with from the film, that when they see these images, that they're going to not look at them the way they've been accustomed to, that they will see things in this film that they're completely unfamiliar with, they didn't know, and it will begin to change the way they see the world around them. That's beautiful. Thank you, Don, for that. That's uh, that's a, an amazing story. Um, I want to remind our listeners, uh, again, that we're speaking with uh, Thomas Allen Harris. He's the director, producer, writer of the, and as well as Don Perry, uh, producer and writer of the film Through a Lens Darkly, um, Black Photographers and the Emergence of a People. And you will be at uh, the Lemley Playhouse 7 this Friday night for the 745 screening and a question and answer following that screening, as well as at the CalArts event, and we'll just call it that for now, and you can find out more by going to aestheticsandpolitics.calarts.edu and find out more, but it'll be at the West Hollywood Library, and that's on Saturday. And you, you said, uh, Thomas, you'll be there around 2 o'clock or so, give or take. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's an all-day uh, conference, and so I'm going to be there the entire day, but I'm doing an interactive um, uh, performance that details the film and the uh, discovery of the Digital Diaspora Roadshow. Um, and so I'm going to do a, a kind of a 20-minute uh, interactive performance there. And uh, so you get a sense of the whole the whole project. Well, I, I've I've kept you a long time, and I really appreciate all the time that you were able to spend with me uh, today on on film school. And I really appreciate it. This is a film, as I said at the beginning, has received uh, critical acclaim from across the the spectrum. Uh, the uh, New York Times is calling it a critic's pick, and that's A.O. Scott, one of the most revered and best critics in in the country, calling it just a, a a wonderful film, uh, just a number uh, of uh, glowing reviews and well-deserved. Time magazine uh, said uh, at once a deep and rich 
dive into a history of American photography and transcending its subject at hand, a master class in visual literacy. Thank you uh, both, Don and Tom. Uh, in this week's LA Weekly oh. just did a really amazing um, uh, piece about the film as well. Well, fantastic. So LA Weekly, you said? Yeah, LA Weekly this week. So that's laweekly.com for people who are interested in reading uh, more about it. The film is also being distributed by uh, First Run Features, uh, and you can go to, I believe it's just firstrunfeatures.com to find out more about that. I assume that um, it will be available at some point uh, for um, a download or pay-per-view or however that all yes, works. Yes, that's going to happen in, um, in 2015, probably January, February, and um, but it's also, in the meantime, it's touring theatrically it's opening uh i just came from uh Lark Larchburg, um where it opened at the um Lark theater and it's opening you know obviously it's lemley um pasadena and then it's going to be opening in uh dc at the west west side theater west end west end theater west end cinema, west end cinema and a bunch of other places uh it's showing it's showing at the ICA in uh boston International Center of Art. Well, so people can go to First Run Feature website, then it also has its own website, correct? Yeah, yeah. We also have the website for our transmedia project, okay. film, which you could see modules of, and also you could see modules of the digital diaspora as well, and that's oneworldonefamily.me. Okay. Uh, and that's num- numeral one world, numeral one family.me. Very good. Uh, okay. One world, one family. Dot me, and and you could see stuff, and and then we're uh, yeah, we're allowing people to send us images, and we're posting those as well, and and yeah. So go go to Instagram and Twitter with the with their own images, and they can become part of the new digital family American family album that we're creating. Yeah, that is sounds like a remarkable project. I, I say that one more time, Don, so people know what to do. Again. Yes. If they can go to Instagram or Twitter, mm-hmm. and they can use the hashtag, the number one world, number one family, and they can upload a photograph with that hashtag, and they can tell their story with it, and it becomes part of this wonderful digital American family album, so we can really revel in who we are and, and share values and experiences as, a, as one people. Well, gentlemen, this has been an honor to have you on, uh, and congratulations on your wonderful film, uh, Through a Lens Darkly, Black Photographers and the Emergence of a People, and really appreciate your time and hope that when some of these other projects come to fruition as, as film projects, that you'll find some time to come back and visit us on Film School. Mike, I would love to, uh, speaking for myself and also maybe for Don. Yeah, it's really great talking with you both before and during the interview, and I look forward to staying in touch, and thanks for your great work in terms of you know documentary and, and, and highlighting uh, the work of, of, uh, of our colleagues and, and, um, and friends. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.